as fathers and husbands, what we do is we tend to be more reactive. You know, it's like, oh, it's like, oh man, this, we're now in this stage. I didn't really see that coming in. It's here. Now what do I do? It's like, boom, it's not just trying to like scramble to get that under control. But when you have somebody who's ahead of you or a community of people who are ahead of you in these things, dude, it, it makes life 10 times easier. And it makes it so much more fulfilling because now you have a, it's like seeing the matrix. It's like, okay, my son's going to be 16. He's going to be behind the wheel of a car at the end of March. These are the things that I really need to be looking out for. Who are his, who are his friends that he's hanging out with? Are they drinking? Are they smoking weed? What kind of girl is he dating? Are they going to, you know, is he going to be at a party? You know, is this girl want to get in the backseat of the car with him? I need to start talking to him about preventative things, mm -hmm. right? Like all these conversations need to start happening now and not after the fact when he's like, oh yeah, dad, I drank and drove last night. You know, when you could have gotten ahead of those things. So, and this is no different. What's going on, guys? You are here for another episode of the podcast of Determined Society. Today, I have a very special guest, someone that I truly look up to. I've been following for a little bit over a year now. And what I've learned is this guy gives out so much valuable information to empower men to become the men that they are striving to be. Amazing husbands, legendary fathers, empower them in their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual journeys. I have with me an author of two books, a husband, a father of four energetic boys, the creator of the podcast, The Dad Edge, Larry Hagner. Thank you so much for being here today, man. I'm excited. What is going on, man? Uh, it's, it's good to see you. Uh, thank you so much for the, uh, for the amazing intro. And yeah, energetic, that... That's definitely an adjective, man. It's like a frat house around here. Dude, it's funny because, you know, I obviously follow you on, on all the social platforms and, and I have a, a, I have a son, I have three kids. I have a son who's eight, a daughter who is five and a daughter who is three. And energetic is, a, is, is chaotic. It's controlled chaos in my household. And, um, you know, I look at you and I admire everything that you do and the information you put out there for, for men and, and young fathers, because it's super necessary. And, you know, when you talk about that adjective energetic, you know, walk me through that. Cause I, I watched a video of your household last night. I was like, Oh my yep. gosh, this guy, it's amazing. That is a typical night, my friend. Um, I mean, it's, so yeah, I have 15, 14, eight, and almost six now. I'll have a six-year-old as of two weeks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, like our Sunday, yesterday, we just really enjoyed, excuse me, some family time with the boys. And um, basically we hardly left the house the entire day, except for me and my 14-year-old went, went to go train yesterday. And um, like literally we were watching football as a family, you know, we play, we had connect four out, we had Uno out, we had trouble out. My other son's doing homework. My other son is um, doing drawing. My other son is playing this other game where he's trying to uh, 
I can't remember. I think it's called traffic jam, but it basically, you have to like get this car out of like traffic, but you have to like use your mind and logic. You can only move things certain ways. And it was just mad chaos. And we got the dog in there too. And it's loud and there's dishes everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. There's food everywhere. And it's just like, that's our house. It literally looked like a frat house last night. So yeah. That's, no, it was that's awesome, awesome, man. I saw all these games. Um, you know, I saw the, the, the game on in the background. You're almost, I would think, what is it? You're almost six-year-old was just mowing down on popcorn on your couch. And, uh, you know, those are moments that, you know, those are the moments that you look back on and realize those were actual memories. Yeah. And at the time, it's like, I know how I would be. I would, I, you know, I look around, I'm enjoying the, 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 the control chaos of the family. I'm looking around like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to clean this up in a second, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, you know, kids, they're not gonna remember how clean their house was. They're no, not gonna no. remember how regimented everything was. They're gonna remember all the cool memories that they created with you and your wife. That is so true. You know, they, they don't, you know, and they, I was just having a conversation with a, with another guest who came on the podcast last week and he was joking around saying like, I don't even know if my kids know exactly what I do, nor, nor do they probably even really care. Like, they just want to know like, Hey, am I around like at nighttime? Like what, what do our conversations look like? Do we spend time together? All those things. And yeah, you know, my wife and I, my wife and I are pretty tidy people, you know, like we try to keep the house clean. It's virtually impossible. It's like mm-hmm. a treadmill of dirt at all times, you know, that you're cleaning up. But, um, my wife and I have talked a lot about this and that is, you know, it's, it's memories over a clean house, right? And it's, it's still orderly, right? There's still, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there is going to, this is what we keep saying. There's going to come a day where there are no more shoes on the ground. There's going to come a day where there are not backpacks on the ground and popcorn in between your couch, couch cushions and socks on the floor. And no kidding around. I say this out loud. sounds crazy. Half eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the bathroom sink. I don't even know how those get there, but they, they got there and you know, our house is going to be quiet and our house is not going to be loud and it's going to be clean. And I'm not looking forward to that at all. In fact, um, I got a really heavy dose of that a few months ago where my wife, uh, I think my one son was, my oldest son was, uh, he was like off with friends. And then she had the other three boys at her parents' house. And she's like, Hey, enjoy your time, you know, here at the house. And it was the first time in years, like years, my house was quiet. Like, I mean, really quiet to where like, I was like, Oh, I just watched TV. I turn on the TV. And what I realized going through the TV is I was like, I don't know any of these shows that are on, not one of them in a movie. Like I can't remember last time I knew the, the latest movies that were out. And I found myself like literally twiddling my thumbs. And it was one of the most uncomfortable feelings that I ever had. So that moment of silence that we all yearn from that we all yearn for, right. When our kids are just so loud and it's crazy and it's, it can be obnoxious. It can be annoying is that the sound of silence is deafening and it's lonely. And it gave me a real smack in the back of the head of like, I'm going to turn around and this is going to be my life. And I can either be, be annoyed, right? With all the craziness and the chaos and the popcorn and the half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the, on the bathroom sink. And, you know, it, or I can embrace it and enjoy it. And because 
to be really honest with you, this sounds like super simple, right? Mm-hmm. The shit that happens in my house is hilarious. Like if you look at it that way, it can be hilarious or it can be annoying, right? Or it could be both. But right. if you really look at through the lens of like, oh my God, this is like really comical because there's only going to be a few seasons of my life where, you know, my four, I'm going to walk past my 14 year old and he is literally going to tackle me and I'm going to fly over the back of my couch. Like I did last <laughs> night. And we're both laughing our asses off. And my wife is like, my God, would you two stop it? Like, right. And the dog's barking at us. And I'm like, this is the best man. This is the man, best. That's some, that's some cool shit, man. Because you yeah. know, I'll be the first to admit, right. I will be the first to admit that a lot like you, when you had your first child in 2006, my son was born in 2013. And I quickly realized, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And this whole time I'm sitting here every single day as a father and as a husband, I'm learning throughout these moments. And there's certain moments where I fall short of that, just allowing the joy of what's happening, like you getting tackled right? There's sometimes like if someone, if like if my son jumps on me or my daughter jumps on me and I'm in this zone to where I'm super worried about, you know, building my business, who do I have on the podcast tomorrow? Um, how many coaching programs have I, have I sold today or, or whatever it is, I'm going to miss that moment. It's very and true. I'm so done with that. Like, you know, it was one of the biggest reasons what I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to reach out to, to Larry and see if he, see if he responds because I, I perceive you as a dude that truly does have it together in that category. Right. What's that journey been like for you? It hasn't been pretty, you know, it's been uh, and when you say the journey, I'm guessing that maybe the work-life integration, is that more what you mean? Work-life. Yeah. The work-life integration and the ability, because, um, you know, I've done my background, I did my homework. Right. And early on, you were, you were, you know, the patience was, was, was slim, you know, quicker to anger. And I feel like that's something that I've been working on the last few years. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, patience, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Uh, Patience. So we, we set ourselves up for failure as fathers and even parents, really women or not, you know, they're still included in this category. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you really think about what patience is, Uh, First of all, we set ourselves up for failure because we have this perception. I don't know where this perception actually really comes from. I I honestly, I have a theory on it. And I think the theory is this, is that being a good father is so intimate to us. And it's so important. Like, listen, a guy can take or leave a job, right? We actually are, we actually have a pretty heavy identity tied to what we do as a living as men, but we tie way more of our identity to how we show up as a husband and father, right? but we're pretty quiet about it. Meaning like it's insanely important to us. Right. But yet we don't necessarily know how to navigate it to, to optimize it. Right. So we're kind of quiet about it. We're kind of like stealth about it. Like I'm maybe I'm going to try this like, man, this is like really, really hard. I don't want to tell anybody it's hard, you know, at the same time, like I really want to do it. Well, I don't know really what that even really looks like. So we have this perception when we become parents that somehow some way patience is supposed to naturally just come easily. Right. Well, it's our kids. I love them. I, I should be patient with them. And if I'm not, I'm a broken, horrible, weak man. Right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not true at all. It's, it's not true at all. You know, patience with your kid. A lot of, I, I had a really good friend of mine. He's also one of our coaches. 
uh, runs one of our call teams in the Alliance. He said, when your patience runs out, that's usually when your skill set of whatever it is you're dealing with has also run out. Mm. And that's very true, right? You're frustrated yeah. with what's, what's happening externally. Like maybe your kid's acting out, right? Or they just talked back to you. Or they just did this or that. And now you're like, oh, crap. I don't know what to do about that. And then like all of a sudden, then we're triggered internally. It's like, I'm not really sure what to do about that. But I know I'm getting angry, getting very, very angry. And I don't know what to do. So therefore, boom, it just it just comes out and like, like a controlling sort of rage, right? Yeah. And what we don't really realize is that patience is no different than emotional resilience. It's just packaged up and branded just a little bit differently. So there are ways, all the, all the Navy SEALs I've had on the podcast, all the special operators, all the mental tough coaches, they all, they all, if you really look at what they have said in the podcast is it's all the same themes. You can't expect a Navy SEAL to be put right into battle going from just a Navy, whatever he is, I'm not sure mm -hmm. what the, what, what the rank is. And then he's a seal the next day. And then you put him in this hardcore mission and suddenly he's supposed to be incredibly mentally tough, emotionally resilient, and even physically up to the challenge without going through buds. Like it's all through yeah. buds that he starts to learn like, Oh my gosh, it's all about team, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about asking for help when I need it. It's all about, uh, you know, in order for me to dig deep, I have to test myself to know that I can actually be resilient in this space, right? And being patient with your kids is no different. So I'll give, I'll give you a quick example here. And this came, the, the, variety, the variety of things that I teach, there's seven skill sets within patients that I teach. And all of them just sort of came from different avenues within like these special operators or mental tough coaches and, and whatnot. So in other words, in order to be mo in, in order to be resilient, right. Or to practice more resilience, you've got to be very guarded about what it is that you're going to consume or take in. Right. I'll give you a great example. Most people, they use their phones, right. To wake up in the morning, they, they set their alarm that way. All you have to do now, what happens is, is all you have to do is what most people will do is they will automatically um, start checking their phone within 15 seconds of waking up, right? You don't have to look far. I just swiped right on my phone. I have no mm -hmm. idea what it says. And then there were two. The FDA gives full approval to Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. I'm not sure what that means. Why the Omicron, Omicron wave has spiked so sharply and then, and then declined so rapidly. And what's in store for the Ukraine and Russia so it's like, I haven't even opened my eyes for 15 seconds and I'm like, oh yeah, there's COVID, right? Oh yeah. Oh, well, what, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? What does full approval mean? You know, does this mean more mandates? Does this mean mm -hmm. this? Does this mean that? Yeah. And what about Omicron? Like, what does this mean? Is, is the decline, is, the, is there something I should be alarmed about? All of a sudden, like I'm triggered, right? Right. I haven't, even, I haven't even gone to my text message to see how far behind I am there. My emails or my boss just might've emailed me or whatever suddenly we're triggered. And I, I like to call that the domino effect. Once you're triggered that early in the morning and you're in this sort of beta state of mind, you know, when mm -hmm. you first wake up, your, your brain is truly not ready for that. That's why like, if you look at like the Navy SEALs and BUDS or even green or any type of even basic training, one of the first things that they do is they wake them up at four 30, four o'clock in the morning. And they come in like with firecrackers, like in the trash can, right. They come in yeah. banging trash cans, right. They come in with like gunfire outside their thing. They're waking people up in this crazy triggered state. So it's practice that they can be more resilient. Now, what I always tell guys is you got to be very guarded about what you're taking in that first 60 minutes of you being awake. Cause you can either start decimating your patients mm -hmm. or you can start building it. 
So I'm a big fan of like morning routine, right? But uh, the other thing too, is there are things that we can do. One of them I teach is never, ever have expectations around how your kids are going to operate. Now I say that with caution. Okay. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you want your kids to act a fool. I'll give you an example that I personally fall, you know, victim to a lot. Dinner time for me is, is like a sacred time. Yes. It's the, it's the time where I'm not working anymore. We've all come together to gather as a meal. And I just want to, I, I want it to be positive. Right. And I want it to be fulfilling. And I want each kid to go around the table and talk about the things that they went through during the day, the things that made them happy, the things that challenged them, all these things. Right. And I want us to, to laugh and have a good time. And it's like that 10% of the time. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. I, I have, I mean, Listen, you've got six people in your family. One of them is bound to not be happy. Okay. And it's, it might be the littles and the littles are, you know, the littles are talking over people. They're acting a fool. They're spilling stuff all over the place. They're pissing their older brothers off. My wife is like, guys, come on, just calm down. And you're just like, God bless. I just want to have like a nice meal with my family. Like what, what's got to give to have this man. Right. Yeah. So what I've learned is, is, you know, I have to go in with the expectations. I'm like, okay, my kids are going to act like functioning human beings. Okay. To some degree. Right. I do have manners. Right. Right. But I can't put the expectation of like, this is going to be the most epic dinner ever because what I'm doing is, is I'm setting myself up for expectation. Right. Which is the antithesis. It's the complete opposite of what we call curiosity and appreciation. Like I could sit Mm. down at that dinner table and my 14 year old or whoever might've just had the worst freaking day of their life. And they're in this headspace of like, I just need my family right now, or I'm in a really bad mood. I'm going to take it out and on all of you. And then we realize, wait a second, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. You help us understand what, you know, and then, but being tied to that expectation, I always tell guys, be very vigilant of something going wrong. Be very, be ready for not, not don't expect it, but be ready for it. Right. And once you're ready for it, you'll have, you'll be prepared to respond accordingly, not react because my expectations are not being met. Like when I sit down at dinner, I'm like, okay, I really hope that this is going to be a positive experience, but I'm also well aware that my six-year-old, my eight-year-old are going to be acting like morons. Okay. Mm. And I'm going to be ready for that. And I'm going to, and I'm going to respond and not react in a rage and be like, would you please sit down, eat your food, be quiet. Right. Instead of like, Hey man, like pull up your seat, you know, eat over your plate. Right. But I think that you need to be prepared for things like that. The other thing too, is this is that you also have to be very, very prepared to, to know skills. Like, listen, the, the Navy SEALs are really big on mantras, right? Mm-hmm. That when, when life is getting freaking horrible, right? And it, it's like treacherous and they want to give up. Mark Devine came on the podcast. Um, he is, you know, uh, he's the founder of Unbeatable Mind and he wrote the book um, Unbeatable Mind and Seal Fit and all these things. Mm-hmm. And he still uses this mantra to this day. He's like, when life is hell, and I am getting cut open and salt is being poured open in my wounds, looking good, feeling good. I ought to be in Hollywood. He's like, it's that mantra that brings me back to no matter what is going on outside of me, I am, I am anchored and I'm ready, right? I am not completely raging out, losing, losing all logical thought and, and emotional resilience because of what's happening out here, right? He's like, you can't go to battle unless you have that mindset and, and ours, the way we interact with our kids, it's no different. And so the good news is I'll, I'll finish here is that you can learn these skills, right? And if you feel 
that patience should come naturally to you, you're not alone. But for the love of God, mm -hmm. if, if you're listening to this podcast and that's the way you're feeling from this moment on, I want you to make an oath to yourself, all your listeners, do not put that expectation on yourself anymore. Just simply be like, hey, I just don't have this part of my life mastered yet. I'm going to go learn some things on emotional resilience and patience. And I'm going to be a student. I don't, it's not going to come naturally. And that's okay. Man, I, I'm going to tell you something. I am just, I'm smiling this whole time you're talking because I feel like you're literally telling me, hey, Sean, stop with your expectation bullshit. Because I'll wake up every morning at 4 a.m. Right? Monday through Friday, I'm up at 4 a.m. I'm out the door by literally 4.24. I get in my truck and I'm heading to the gym. Right? I got to get my workout in. I got to get my, my mental space in the right way. And then I'll leave the gym and I'm in this good mental space, right? I'm super creative. I'm open. I am jotting things down on my iPhone notes for, you know, um, videos I want to put out, all these different types of things and um, how I'm going to help my clients, et cetera. And then I walk through the front door and I'm expecting everybody to be on their best behavior. And I walk in and it's like a freaking bomb blows up. Oh, yeah. Daddy. Alina did this, dad, me did that. Bobby's being me. And I'm like, shit. Like right then, what I've done is I've already set myself up for a failure, right? By expecting the house to be in this frequency that I'm in right now. And what, what I believe, what, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, come, come home without that expectation. Just knowing like, hey, your kids might be acting like morons and complete imbeciles when you walk through that door. Like, just be ready and, and, be, and be constant and anchored so you can get through that moment in response, not reaction. That's what it's all about, man. Just be Dude. ready, right? Be vigilant. You know, it's like uh, yeah. you, you don't kick down a door without thinking that there's going to be chaos on the other side, right? If you're, if you're in law enforcement or you're, you're in, the, in, the, in the military, right? Quite frankly, it sounds kind of crazy, but your house is really no different. You're going to walk in the door, there could be chaos going on, right? And, and the minute we expect like, hey, I'm going to walk in and my family's going to greet me. It's going to be sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns and this stuff. Man, you're just setting, you're, you're, you're ready to literally just have your expectations handed to you in a bag, right? Mm. That isn't so pleasant to hold on to. Larry, this is incredible because like, I feel like just naturally, I, I go into that space, right? To where I'm expecting, you know, dinner time to be amazing. Because what we like to do at our dinner table, right? We sit down and we eat every night. I'm grateful for this, right? We do the grateful thing. My kids call, can we do the grateful thing? Can we do the grateful thing? And then like my son will start, my son will start, my, my three-year-old, like, she's the boss of the family, right? She's boss baby times a hundred. And so, okay, I want Bobby to start. Bobby, go. What are you grateful for? And then he starts talking and she starts interrupting. And then, it, and it's just, and I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, cool. And then at one point in the meal, we all get through the grateful thing. By then I'm starving, right? And then I finally get a chance to connect with my wife and have, you know, maybe like a 20 second conversation with her and the kids will just not let the shit happen. Right. And what I do is I get super frustrated. Right. I was like, 
oh my God, I'm trying to talk to your mom. Like 20 seconds, can you just stop talking? And really, like, I'm just not preparing myself for that moment, right? Like, really, if it's a 20 second conversation, can it wait until 745 when the jokers are asleep? Yeah, it really can. The problem is where I go into is like, well, I've waited all day to talk to my wife, right? Because I'm doing this in my other, in my, my corporate career until I'm able to do this full time, right? And then my wife is working. So throughout the day, we don't really have that time for that exchange. So, I mean, all of this stuff, man, is, is, <laughs> is hitting home. You know, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it on this podcast, because as I mentioned to you, the majority of my listeners are men, like 25 to 43. We're all going through this. And part of my mission every single day is helping men speak up for themselves, because men have their insecurities, their limiting beliefs. They want to make more money. They want to have epic relationships with their wives and their kids. And they want to lead, they want to lead as you would say, legendary lives but we don't know how to speak up, right? And, and, and be open and honest with how we feel. So I, I'm loving that we're having this conversation because I feel like so many men are gonna get a lot out of this episode listening to, listening to how, you, how you go through your day as far as, as it pertains to patients. Yeah, and I, I would love to sit here and tell you that I'm freaking fantastic at it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Every day, every day, there's a mistake. Every day, there's every day, there's a high point. Every day, there's a low point. Some days I am better at, you know, really digging into that skill, you know, that, that I used to have basically no skill at. And then there are other days where I'm not, but I will tell you this. The one thing I have learned is that I, I, I'm much more aware, you know, I, I call it, I call it seeing the matrix. And mm-hmm. when it comes to, when it comes to patients, I am much more aware when I feel a trigger coming, right? It's almost like when Neo is able to, you know, basically predict what, what Morpheus was going to do next, yeah. right? Just by, yeah. and, and it's, it's no different that when you, when you, when you exercise these resilience muscles, right. And you learn how resilience works. And when you learn how patience works, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we lose our patience because we've been triggered, right. Or, or we, and here's the sad part too. Sometimes we've been triggered all day right? And it's that tiny thing. It's the milk that's spilled on the table that sent you over the freaking edge. And unfortunately, your kid's looking at you like, wow, my dad's an ass. Like he yelled at me for spilling the milk. And what he doesn't realize is his son, you know, gosh, I'm sorry. It actually wasn't you spilling the milk. It was the 20 other things that happened before that, that I was dealing with. And unfortunately, the spilling the milk was the last straw. Um, But, you know, I, I will say this, it's never, it's never perfection. You know, it's, it's, it's no different, you know, last night as you and I are recording this, right. Uh, the 49ers and the Rams played, right. Uh, the chiefs and, uh, the Bengals played and on the, and on one of the last drives of the 49ers and Rams last night was, you know, the, the quarterback for the 49ers got run down. He got, he, he was getting cornered. He was either going to be sacked or he had to lob it to somebody. Unfortunately, he did a really crappy lob and they tipped up and boom, Rams mm-hmm. intercepted it, won the game. So, you know, that's to say that, but if you look at how that guy performed throughout the entire evening, there were minimal mistakes, minimal mistakes, right? The, the odds of him being successful were high. 
right? And it's no different in baseball. It's no different than anything, right? There comes a time where, you know, Connor McGregor knocks a guy out and there's a time where he gets his butt kicked, right? Mm -hmm. Just is what it is. The, the secret really is, is to train yourself to these strategies of being more, more patient, more resilient. Also really understanding like, Hey, what are your triggers? Like for me, one of my triggers is repeating myself to my kids. Like, dude, I, I hate even saying this because I sound like my own parents, but if I have to ask you to do that one more time, I'm, I'm, you're going to have your phone taken away. Or if I have to ask you this one more time, I, you know, it's not going to be pretty. I don't like that. And I also don't like when the same as you, um, I'm trying to, we're trying to have a conversation and there's always someone who's trying to speak over somebody and interrupt. Right. It's just, it's like, mad, it's maddening to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I also realize that I I'm triggered by those things. So when the, when I sit down at the dinner table, I'm, I'm preparing myself. This is probably the way it's going to go. And I need to be ready for that. The other thing is this too, is that we're all human. What I think is most important are after action reviews. So if you have a bad moment with one of your kids or you have a bad moment with your wife or whatever it is, go back and reverse engineer what actually did happen. Like, so for instance, the night the dad edge started back in 2011, where I spanked my four-year-old son, who's 14 now, he hit the ground. I'm not proud of that. I always told myself, I'm never going to put my hands on my kids. I had a horrible day that day. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of challenges came my way. And at the time I was in medical device sales, I had just gotten word that I lost my biggest customer you know, and, 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 uh, it was going to be a huge financial impact. And that was hard. I was, you know, and I, my wife and I weren't really on point with our communication, our marriage and all this stuff. And I think at that night, you know, I came home with a bad day. She and I got into a tiff and then my son acted out and boom. Right now, if I went to back and reverse engineered all those things and I was like, okay, where did all these things happen? How did I not handle things the best way I could? How could I have done things a little bit differently? You know, what would I have done? And it, it's, it's in those, it's in those analysis that you start to really learn how you operate, how you, how you're operating. Right. And then to, you know, prevent things off at a pass when you start to see things go down the same road. Like, I mean, listen, there've been times when me and my wife will have a challenging night or whatever and be like, Hey, can you give me 10 minutes? Like, just give me 10 minutes. And sometimes man, you know, for me or my wife, it's literally going into our bedroom me putting on my headphones and just breathing, you know, for like five minutes just to catch my breath. Right. And just to do some Wim Hof breathing or just mm -hmm. to get myself back centered. Sometimes it's like, Hey, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to go for a really hard run at 10. And I'll be back in 10 minutes. My wife will do that too. And sometimes it's just allowing that other person or yourself, that space and that grace to be like, let me go put my oxygen mask on for a few minutes so I can come mm -hmm. back better. Otherwise, this is just going to keep getting out of control. This is, I mean, this is exactly what everybody needs to hear, right? And I think when you're talking about, you know, taking these necessary timeouts, right, is it asking the right way or in a non-confrontational way? Because I think there's a lot of times where I ask, like, or I'll walk away, right? I'll walk away. Well, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm taking time. That's not the proper way to let the mother of your children know that you're going to take time, so right? Sure. How can I expect her to receive that? Well, how she sees it is her man's walking away from her. What, what she, what she says or what she's feeling is not important to him. And really 
the, the better way is to say, hey, listen, um, let's just, let me take 10 minutes. I'm going to put my headphones on. I want to breathe a little bit. I want to come back better. I, you know, why don't we do that all the time? Well, the ego kicks in, right? And it's the, the need to be right. It's the need to want to win the fight. Well, you know, when you win the fight or, or you have that need to be right, all you are, all you turn into is the asshole in that, in that moment, right? And um, I, I, I truly value everything you're saying. And when you saw that hand gesture, when you said medical device, I'm a medical device. Oh, are you? I am. I am. So I know exactly how that feels. You come home, you know, you've been dealing with surgeons all day and a case didn't go the way, you know, your product didn't do what said was going to do. And you know that it was user error, but you can't say it because we're general <laughs> surgeons. And it's just oh, yeah. like, you're blackballed from the OR at that point. Right. So like, I feel that. And, you know, you know, I didn't start out quite how you did um, as far as your, you know, the dad edge, but it, it's, a, it's a really amazing um, share. And I appreciate that because, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, if you act out, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to get the belt. I'm going to whip your ass. Um, and it was a lot, a lot more bark than it was bite, you know, but, and I, and I always thought that when I had kids, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to spank them. I turned out fine. And then once my firstborn was here, I was like, there's no way I'm ever laying a hand on him. And, um, you know, and, and I still haven't, but, you know, sometimes my reactions to them when I have a bad day is even worse because it's psychological. It's like, why is dad so mad? Why does dad not want to talk to me? Why does dad not want to play with me? And, you know, I guess we can segue into like the, one of the most important questions I have for you, because I was really just impressed with what you're doing with your oldest son right now. Um, in fact, that's how um, I, I finally took that step to interact with you on, on, your, on your post and then even send you um, a direct message because that's one of the things that I feel that I struggle most with is getting out of my own way and in the frameworks of my day to create this epic memory with either one of my children. And here you are, right? And I'm gonna let you share it, but you're literally preparing to compete for a bodybuilding show with your oldest son. Talk to us yeah. about that journey. <laughs> yeah, so he's actually not my my oldest. He's my second okay. born, but, but they're so close oh. in age. So my 15 year old is my oldest, my 14 year old is my second. Um, so, you know, it, it's amazing, right? Four boys, um, all of them are so different and I've, I've got fascinating connections that are very unique to each one of them. Um, luckily my, my oldest one is very, very active. He's a runner. And so he does track and cross country. And then he also plays musical in instruments. And I, I can't, I can't play a musical instrument to save my life. I've tried, you know, and I just, I'm just, I'm terrible at it. And I've been working at it. Uh, but he and I, you know, we have running in, in common. And we also, we also have some other things too. Like the way we talk is like, we're, so we're both like very empathetic human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we talk very well together. Uh, now my 14 year old is, is he's very athletic, very strong, um, very determined, very stubborn, uh, in a good way, bad way too. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
very introverted and will literally die before he gives up on something like he's literally that way, which I think is amazing. So he's played football for the past five years. He's been, you know, a fantastic athlete. He's 135 pounds and he plays on the offensive line. He, he is the lightest one on his line by 50 pounds minimum. And, but he's, he's insanely strong and athletic and he's got a heart of like, I will never give up. So he, he played all last year on the offensive line did really well. So this is his last year, you know, putting on his middle school football uniform. He's been playing for five years. He's getting ready for freshman football next year. And we were, his birthday is on January 1st. So we, we've had the same tradition as a family. We watched the big apple drop. We play games. We, you know, we, my wife and I have a few drinks. We all eat terrible, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. And then he, at midnight, yeah. he blows out a candle. And then the other thing too, is we, we have, uh, we asked the boys, you know, on, on New Year's Eve, we're like, Hey, what? What are we doing in, in 2022, right? What are we, what are we going to do that's big? How are we going to make memories? How are we going to make experiences? Like, what are we going to do as a family? How are we going to connect all these things? And my son, it was funny. He, uh, I did bodybuilding for, from 1995 to 2011. I did 12 shows. Never the biggest guy. Um, I'm 160 pounds when I hit the stage. I just try to get as lean as I can. I've always actually done su surprisingly well in shows, but it's not because I'm the biggest. Mm -hmm. But 2011 was the last time I competed. And back in June of last year, in 2021, we went on a family vacation and we were at this pool. And Mason was like, you know, he's like, Dad, like I'm really into fitness and how I, you know, like how I want to lift heavy weights and do all this stuff. I'm getting ready for football. He's like, I want to do a bodybuilding show like you used to do. And I'm like, wow, man. I was like, I don't think they have bodybuilding shows for kids who are 13. He's like, well, why don't you Google it? And I Googled it and I was like, holy cow, man. I was like, there's actually four of them not far from where we live. And they're in 2020. He's like, when's the first one? I was like, April 30th, 2022. He's like, okay. He's like, we should do that. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Football season hadn't even started yet. I'm like, this will be here today, gone tomorrow. Sure. And, yeah. you know, he goes through football season and then New Year's Eve, he's like, Hey, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, I want to do that show and I want you to do it with me. And I'm like, dude, you, and I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't care who you are or what your kid calls you out on something like that. I'm like, you can't say, you cannot say no to that. And no, I would, you, you can't, you can't. And he, here's what I'll be really real with you on. Um, since most of your men or most of your audience are men, though, I think they'll really resonate with this message. I just went to, um, I know I'm kind of segueing here, but this next point's important. Um, over the past several months, what I've noticed in my own life is that something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And I, I just couldn't put my finger on it. I'm kind of like you, you know, I, I rise early in the morning, work out, do my thing. I'm always into mm -hmm. self-care. I eat pretty clean, all these things. But I noticed there was something missing. And I went to this Squire program, which is a rite of passage. It's a 15-hour crucible for a, a man and his son. Uh, it's out in California. I took my oldest to it. And it's, it's, it's a lot. It's physically, mentally, emotionally taxing you know, to, to go through this with your son. It's not easy. But one of the things that they said is every single man, young man, old man, whatever, you need three things for a fulfilling life. And if one of, one of them is missing, two of them or all three of them, life feels really off and terrible. Every man needs a battle to fight, an adventure to be had, and a beauty to love. Now, the actual term is beauty to rescue. I personally, I don't like beauty to rescue because I feel like if I'm going to share that point with my kids, they're going to think of a codependent relationship. I need someone I need to save. I don't save anybody. You need someone to love. So I thought about that and I was like, wow, 
I really don't have an adventure to be had right now. And I certainly don't have a battle to fight. That's big. That makes me uncomfortable. So I thought to myself, I was like, okay, I was like, I will do that with you. And the coolest thing about doing that with him, honestly, is the five, six hours I spend with him pushing heavy weight in the gym. I mean, listen, I, I'd like to sit here and tell you, I don't care how I do it at the competition, but I'm way too competitive to tell you that. And I do care and I'm, I'm dieting hard for it. Um, but what I really have enjoyed and I'm filming it and I'm taking photos of it and I'm documenting it is this journey with him, right? To see this young man, like push himself and he's, he's pushing himself hard. I don't have to hardly do it. And to have that time with him. Right. And the cool thing, I, I love these like subliminal messages that are being sent while we train together, because I will purposely push myself during sets to where he's having to lift weight off of me. Right. I mean, like love when it. somebody's spotting you, you're going to go those extra two or three reps, right. Or whatever sure. it is. And when, when I'm doing bench press, I mean, I'm, I, I'll look at him and be like, I'm going to shoot for five, you know, on this, on this set, I'm going to try to get to seven since you're spotting me. And I will get to the point where I cannot physically push the weight anymore. And this kid is the one pulling it off as old man. Right. And I do the same for him. And I think the message that really senses, you know, Hey, you're never too young to, to be a support for your old man. And as your old man, I got you, I support you. I'm here to push you. I'm here to challenge you. And I'm also here that when shit gets heavy in your life, I'm going to help you. Right. So um, it's, it's been quite a journey. He's not really dialing in his diet yet. I am, he doesn't have to, he's already at like 7% body fat. So he's, I mean, he's going to look good either way, Yeah. but it's, it's been cool, man, to just walk this with him. I, I think it's impressive. I, you know, in addition to everything you just said of what, what it, the subliminal message is, what it also signifies is it lets him know that you are there right there with him modeling the behavior that you want him to have in life because all too often you know parents like you know growing up you do as I say not as I do like all that kind of old school mentality when really modeling is so important right our, our children are going to grow up and do and be and have the, the, the way that we associate and, and project onto the world and you're you're right there doing it with them and it's 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 impressive and, and I'm not you know and I'm I'm honest I'm I'm watching the whole thing Right. I'm, I'm watching your weekly progress picks, dude. You're getting shredded. I'm I trying, mean, man. The, the body dude. is a little bit more stubborn at 46 than it was at like 36. Yeah. But, um, I feel you on that, man. I'm 43 yeah. and it's like, it's just that way. Yeah. You no, know? it, it, there's, there's really no, there's really no explanation in the, the, the scientific or what they say is once you hit 40, it just, it is right. And, but I just, it's, it's impressive, man, because um, the, 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 launch, the launch pad of the conversation was, you know, basically making epic memories with your children. That's what this is about. And we cannot do that without patience, right? Without preparing or, you know, preparing for that moment when you walk through the door where it may not be what you expect. And then also to get inside your children's heads in a sense. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it in a way of like every one of your children, Larry, like different things. And you're finding a way to build memories and relationship in their own way. Yeah. It's differential. And I think it's so important. We cannot parent our children 
the same. They're different human beings. Totally different. Yeah. And I think you have to really, you, you, as you know, I know, I know one of the things you want to talk about was like how you, how you create like these memories, right. In these mm -hmm. moments. And th there's a few ways I think are, is so important to be able to do that. And one of the ways we go about it and it's right in line with doing this bodybuilding show is experiences over stuff. That's a mantra in our family experiences over stuff. I'll be real honest, man. I drive a shitty car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I, I should say this, my 15 year old's getting ready to drive in a month. So, um, for the first time in my entire life, I went ahead and bought a new car. Um, I I'm, I'm actually leasing a car, so I'm not even buying it, but I I've always wanted a Jeep. I went ahead and I put an order in for a Jeep, a Wrangler. I'm getting that. Um, but you know, I, I needed a car anyway, but I was just like, you know, just one time, just for three years, just for 36 months of my life, I want to drive the car that I want. And that's, that's fine. But, and when, but like we shop at TJ Maxx, we shop at Marshall's, right? The kids don't have name brand clothes unless we find it on sale. Um, Christmases are the same way. We have a, we have a minuscule budget for each kid, but then we take the money and we do something we can experience. But, you know, kids will forget within five minutes something that they have, like a widget of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. But they will never forget. My, I, my son and I have been talking about this. Um, every time we train, we're like, let's, let's go in this gym today, tonight, and let's, let's leave it all out, uh, leave it all out on the bench or the table. Let's leave it all out there, right? Yeah. Because when you're 60, when you're 60 years old, Mason, and I probably won't be here. Maybe I will. I don't know. But you're going to remember doing this show at 14, us together, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to remember putting in all the blood, the sweat, the tears, and everything that we had into that moment that you and I got to co-create together. And, you know, I, I, I want, as Jessica and I, my wife and I, as we navigate life with these boys, that's really the search. That's really what's on our radar is like, Let's do things that these kids will remember for a lifetime. And I'm not talking about like extravagant trips to Hawaii or something like that, but I'm talking about like, let's go explore. Let's go caving as a family. Mm -hmm. Let's go floating as a family. Let's go cliff jumping as a family. Let's, um, you know, let, let's do like, so we're, we're also going to go, I think, to uh, um, Yellowstone. We're going to try to hit Yellowstone this year. Oh, nice. Um, a few places in Utah. Um, last, you know, a couple of years ago, we stayed in a tiny house, you know, and, and we explored the surrounding area of where we were staying at. And it's just like little things like that. We're like, oh man, do you remember we did that? It was just crazy. It was so much fun. And, but I think that that's, that's, that's a pivotal thing when you're a parent is like, there's plenty of stuff out there that we could pour onto our kids, but mm -hmm. what experiences can we share? Mm. I, I'm almost hesitant to let my wife listen to this episode because she's going to look me straight in the eyes and she goes, I told you so. Oh boy. Oh, right. Man. It, so like, but no, it's just cause you know, we, again, modeling, right. I grew up a certain way. It was like, I had all the new shit. Right. And we did, we did things, but it was mostly me playing baseball. So I played baseball all the way up through division one. I, I played at LSU. Right. And I was a nice. catcher at LSU. So it's like, it was never like experience over things. It was like, my father was so insecure. Right. And felt like he had to one up his brothers because that's how they were raised. Like we always had the new shit. Right. And my wife uh, grew up 
in Ecuador, you know, third world country. And, you know, it's experiences with your family over material things. And I'm glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that because it's one of my struggles. And I know, I know it's something that I need to really subscribe to because my kids aren't going to remember the Pokemon that they had or the, you know, the, I mean, the cool frozen castle at five, they'll forget that shit when they're 15, they'll almost be embarrassed that they had it. Right. So it's like, this is, this is all awesome. And I, and dude, I could literally talk to you all day and I know we're, you know, kind of running on our time budget. And I know you're busy, man. You got things to do, but, um, you know, I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah, man. Um, I, I got either. plenty of time. Okay, cool. Um, like what's some of the advice that you could give young fathers in, in their journey of fatherhood, like right off the bat? Ooh, oh man, that's a big question. And yeah, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll answer it like this. Um, Here's a great perspective. You're in medical device sales. Who do you work for? Comet. Oh, okay. Comet. Yeah. So I, I worked for Cardinal Health, Care Fusion. I worked for Smith, Smith & Nephew in there for a little bit too. Okay. Uh, here, here's what I'll tell you. I, I want all of your listeners to think about what it is you do for a living. Because men can identify with that really easily. We have some guys who are in the military or former mm-hmm. military, right? We might have some guys who are cops and firefighters. We have guys like yourself who are in sales, right? Um, anything that we do and we do well, we've been through training, right? Or, and we've also been what we call, you know, continuing education, right? To constantly refine the skills. I don't know about you, but when I first got my first taste in medical device sales, they certainly didn't throw me into the OR with scrubs on and be like, best time of your whole life to go figure it out. Be like, uh, no, you need to, f- you, first of all, you, you need to understand what, what is the sterile field? What does aseptic delivery mean? Why do you wear a mask this way? This is how you don a mask. This is how you put on a a gown. This is how far you can get from the sterile field. This is how you can instruct your your surgeon. I went through three weeks of home study, three weeks of away training, another three weeks of home study, and then another three weeks of away training where they basically simulated the OR, right? There was no way that they're right. There's no way. And that was, that was for my first gig with Cardinal health, which was surgical drapes, gowns, bouffant yeah. cover all, all the, all the non-sterile apparel and then all the sterile packs and all that. And even for that, which is kind of considered more of a commodity, right? You still had to really know your stuff because you told the, the surgeon the wrong way or aseptic delivery improperly. It's like you screwed up the entire st- sterile field. Well, you know what? Being a father is no different. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing that's a miss. Um, we're not necessarily supposed to know how to do it. And that's the perception we have. Well, I'm a man and now I'm a father. So just by natural DNA and, and instinct, I should know how to raise this kid flawlessly. And if I don't, I'm broken, I'm weak and I'm this, and I'm certainly not going to ask for help because then I'm really letting other people know that I'm broken mm-hmm. and weak. And what I'll tell you is do away with that belief whatsoever. Like literally give yourself a break. Understand that your profession as a father is no different as a profession you do for a living. And I want you to think about that for a minute. If you are new to fatherhood or you're going to be a new father, or maybe you've been doing it for a couple of years and you've been struggling with it, think about what you do for a living and how much time, effort, energy, and resources you've invested into honing that craft. And then I want you to really think about how much time, effort, energy, and resources have you honed into the craft of fatherhood and being a husband. Most of us will plan for the birth of the child more than we plan on raising the child. 
most of us plan the, the day of the wedding more than we plan the marriage, right? And that's unfortunate because there are skills in each one of those things. There are things that you need to learn and do that are essential and critical to your success. And I'll also say this, critical and essential to your sanity. You will drive yeah. yourself completely crazy and emotionally crazy if you are just meandering your way through it or, or doing it blindly or doing it without any guidance whatsoever. So I'll tell you this, get a mentor, get a coach, join a mastermind. And I know that probably so sounds self-serving, but I say this all the time that if you are not doing those things, if you are not in a, in, a, in a community or an environment where people are trying to sharpen each other, like, listen, if you're in medical device sales, I have no doubt you're calling your boss, right? Be like, hey, man, like, how can I do this better? Like, what do you think, right? Or you're calling your coworkers, be like, man, this customer just said this, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to best position my product. I'm not really sure what to do. What do you think I should do? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're always asking for advice. Like, how can I be better? How can I do this? How can I... But when it comes to fatherhood or marriage, it's like, oh my God, like, I don't want to tell these guys that me and Jessica haven't really connected that much, or our communication isn't on point, or I'm losing my patience with my kids. Like, listen, open up the conversation. I'm a huge fan of like counseling too. A lot of, a lot of people think that, well, if I go to marriage counseling, you know, we're broken, we're not meant for each other. Oh my God, no, go to marriage. In fact, go to marriage counseling as a preventative measure. Like, mm. I, I honestly think, in order for you to be successfully married, I think what is what would be so amazing for everybody's, you know, sanity and guidance is if you had a meeting, if you had a counseling appointment with a marriage counselor, you and your wife, every three months, or at least three times a year, every four, right? Just to be like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what's going on. How can we, you know, talk about things that are ahead? It's like that productive pause. We don't go twenty-five thousand miles without an oil change but we'll go years without any guidance in our marriage. And then we wake up and we're like, I don't understand why she's not into me anymore. I don't mm -hmm. understand why we don't have a connection anymore. Well, so you've, you've, you've burnt out the engine. You haven't gotten any oil changes. We, we don't expect these things in any other area of our life, but for some crazy reason, our society and the way we think is we expect that here. And that's yeah. not the case. So what I would tell you is get around people that are ahead of you in this. Like, I love the fact, like in our community, like I'm raising teenagers now, right? We have guys in the community who have raised teenagers and they're like, hey, they're 15. Like, hey, 16, dude, these are the things you need to be thinking about. And you need to be mm -hmm. thinking about them now before they turn 16, before they get behind the wheel of the car, before they have the girl in the car with them, before they, mm -hmm. they're at a party and there's alcohol and there's drugs and then they get behind the wheel. Are they going to call you or are they going to drive that car? These are the things you need to think about. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't think about that because as the last thing I'll say is this, as fathers and husbands, what we do is we tend to be more reactive. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, it's like, oh man, this, we're, we're now in this stage. I didn't really see that coming in. It's here. Now what do I do? It's like, boom, it's not trying to like scramble to get that under control. But when you have somebody who's ahead of you or a community of people who, who are ahead of you in these things, dude, it, it makes life 10 times easier. And it makes it so much more fulfilling because now you have, a, it's like seeing the matrix. It's like, okay. My son's going to be 16. He's going to be behind the wheel of a car at the end of March. These are the things that I really need to be looking out for. Who are his, who are his friends that he's hanging out with? Are they drinking? Are they smoking weed? What kind of girl is he dating? Are they going to, you know, is he going to be at a party? You know, is this girl want to get in the backseat of the car with him? I need to start talking to him about preventative things, mm -hmm. right? Like all these conversations need to start happening now. 
and not after the fact when he's like, oh yeah, dad, I drank and drove last night, you know, when you could have gotten ahead of those things. So, and this is no different. Yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's super important. And, you know, I want to address something, um, you know, it's not self-serving, it's needed, yeah. right? And if, and, if, and if men don't seek these things out, like I, my listeners, like I'm going to be hundred percent transparent with my listeners. I've already reached out to Larry and his team. Like I'm going to talk with Larry after this, after this show to possibly have a discovery call for me joining his program. So I can learn from him. Everybody needs a coach. I have a physical transformation coach. I have a business coach and I would love to have Larry as one of my coaches to make him my third coach. So for those people out there that feel like you can do this alone, maybe you can, but maybe you can be just a little more effective in getting with people that have been through this, that are ahead of you, like Larry said, to help you achieve your goals in your marriage and in being a father. I, I think it's super important, you know, because it is. I've gone years without that coaching, right? And now, and now I'm sitting here with two coaches because it's time. It's it's past time, right? I mean, I'm 43, and and I'm and I'm looking to build something here. So the more people I can have in my corner that have done that, been there, done that, that I'm in alignment with too, guys. That's the other thing that you have to understand is is finding people that you're actually in alignment with and that their energies speak to you and not just hire somebody because person XYZ says they have this person or that person is super famous. We need to find people that we can connect with that understand what we're going through and what better way to hire coaches that have been exactly where you're at. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. I'm a huge, huge fan of that. And, I, and I'll share with you just a couple of reasons why. We have this quote and it says, you can go alone and go fast or we can go together and we can go far, right? And then there's another quote, and neither one of these are my quotes. Um, mm -hmm. A guy by the name of Aaron Walker came on the show and shared this one quote and it's, isolation is the enemy of excellence. Like we can actually get to unbelievable levels if we allow people to be our guide, right? Or if we allow mm -hmm. to, if we're allowed to be a part of a, if we're a part of a community where there's crowdsource wisdom of experiences, like, listen, I'm no different than you. Like I, I practice what I preach. I'm always paying a mentor at some, I'm always paying a coach. Like, you know, I've, I've done 12 shows. I, I know how to diet down. And like, I, I have a client of mine who, um, who, you know, I, I basically reached out to him like, Hey man, um, I, I'd like to, I'd like to work with you on the, on these third and these last 13 weeks to help me dial this in. Right. And he's a competitor. He, he does this for a living. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. I'll give you free access to my thing. I'm like, nope, no. nope. I was like, do not do that. I was like, I know myself and I will take it more serious if I have skin in the game. And if I have, I, every Sunday I have, I have to hit accountability and tell you where I'm at. Don't let me do this on my own. It'll be disastrous. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, I'm a pretty disciplined person, but I won't be as disciplined if I know I have to answer to somebody. So it's, it's really important. And the other thing I'll say is this, um, I'll, I'll share this really quick story. I think it'll really hit home. You know, you have coaching clients, I have coaching clients and I was really, I was really unaware of coaching. I would say when I first started this, especially back in 2015. And I always knew like a coach would be powerful in my life, but I didn't really know what that looked like. So I never worked with one. 
And I'll never forget the very first time I joined a mastermind back in 2015. It's a funny story. Um, I joined a mastermind called Iron Sharpens Iron, ISI. It was with Aaron Walker. He had bought and, bought and sold, you know, eight different businesses over the course of his life. He's in his 60, I think he's 60 now. Mm -hmm. um, one of Dave Ramsey's closest friends, they've been in a mastermind for over 25 years together as participants, mm -hmm. like the two of them. And, you know, I really wanted some direction with what, what, a, what we're doing here at Dad edge. And at the time I just had the podcast and I had no clue what the hell to do. Not a, not a clue. And, and I watched Aaron, I knew he had this group and what he basically helped was Christian businessmen grow their business and, and basically surround yourself with other uberly successful Christian businessmen to help them as well. So I met with Aaron and he was just like, yeah, man, he goes, here's the deal. He's like, uh, you can join one of our Monday groups. It meets at this time. You got these 10 guys in the group. They're all highly successful. You do really well in it. It's 600 bucks a month. You meet once a week. And I'm like, wait, what? $600 a month. I was, and at the time I had no revenue in, in dad edge, you know, it's just, yeah. it, was, it was a hobby that was actually costing me quite a bit of money. And he's like, I was like, I don't have your revenue to support that. He's like, okay. And, and I was just like, well, I, I can't, I can't afford it. It costs too much. And he's like, he just kind of shook his head and smiled. He goes, Larry, look, I, I, you know, you're young. He goes, I'm just going to tell you this. Um, you know, if you come in, if you decide to work with us, it's going to cost you 600 bucks a month. It's going to cost you an hour of your time a week, mm -hmm. but what you're going to get is you're going to get some real know-how and you're going to know exactly what to do. You're going to know exactly what to do next, how to build it. When you have questions, we're here for support. We're going to hold you accountable to go do these things. And then probably a year from now, your business is going to look completely different than it is now. He's like, and you could also not do a thing because you feel it costs too much. He goes, but here's what I invite you to think about. Uh, there's a cost to doing life, right? There's a cost. And he goes, and I like to think of that as an investment. He goes, but there's also a cost in not doing anything. And that's opportunity cost. Mm. And I was like, well, and at first I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, here's what I mean. I want you to imagine your life 12 months from today. You and I are talking 12 months from today. You did nothing different and you just kept going. And I want you to think about what, you know, if you got no guidance in your, in your organization, no guidance in your podcast, how that would impact your marriage. What would that do to you with your kids and that kind of thing? And I really want you to think about what, what would it be happening in 12 months? And I was just, and I just kind of paused and he goes, you got 24 hours to get back to me. And either way you land, totally fine. He goes, and if you, if you decide not to move with us, here's what I'll tell you to do. From this day forward, look at anything that you invest in as a cost of doing something and a cost of not, because there's both. I hung up the phone. I called him back in about 11 minutes. And I said, I'm in because what I knew in that moment was the, the opportunity cost was way greater than actually being like, Hey, I'm going to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized, well, that edge is not going to even happen because I'm going to run out of capital. Right. This mission will completely go away, which means I'm probably going to get stuck and roped back into the same old habits of my kids, not being patient. I'm not going to constantly learn through the podcast. I'm not going to constantly share. It's going to be this massive cost. It could even impact my marriage. And that's when I knew like, this is now an easy choice. And what I can tell you about is when, when you're investing in something like that, especially at the time that felt very high to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I'll tell you is that it made me show up. It made me like literally have a seat at the table and want to, want to take in as much knowledge as I could, as much action as I could, and just learn, 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 and implement and implement and implement. I took it very seriously. 
And because of that, I swear, man, without that moment, without that tough love from Aaron, I, I, I would have told I, you and well, first of all, we wouldn't be talking, but right. second of all, I'd be telling my friends, you know, yeah, I had this good idea once and I let it go. It's powerful, man. And, and guys, I really want you taking that in because this is a, this is a man that has created a podcast, as you heard, as a hobby. And this has spun into creating this legendary life with his wife and his children, first and foremost. And it's become a business to someone where he coaches people, coaches groups. He's, he's wrote two books. I mean, you know, this is an all in a matter of how many years? Six years? I mean, it, it actually started, you know, in 2011. So it's been 11 years, but then in 2015 is when I started the podcast. Yeah. I mean, so guys, you know, like, <laughs> this is something that I, I want everybody to take in because this, this conversation with Larry has truly opened my eyes to a lot of different things, just about who I am as a person, father and husband. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to a, um, a furthering, uh, relationship, uh, hopefully friendship down the road with Larry and um, guys, hold on to people that you know can help you get to where you want to be in life, not because of their status or whatever it is, their juice, their social circle, but because they give a shit. That's the most important thing. And, you know, some of you guys are going to watch this on Spotify. You can see the video. You'll see that Larry gives a shit. For the people that are watching this on Apple Podcasts, flip over to Spotify and watch it. Because you're looking at a true dude from a flyover state that has made it happen in his life and in his family's life. And uh, with that, Larry, I got a couple questions. Yeah, man. Um, one, where can, so it's two part questions. Sorry, my dog's in That's all right. Um, where can my listeners find you? And how can they best support you? So they, they can, the best way to find me is the dadedge.com. Everything we're doing is the dad edge. So Instagram, the dad edge, uh, the dad edge.com, YouTube, the dad edge, Facebook, you can find our page, the dad edge. Uh, I even just recently opened up a TikTok account. I swore to myself, I would never do that, but I've, I hired my boys to manage that me account too. for me, which is, which is cool. I, I was actually shocked how many fathers are actually on TikTok looking for resources. Yep. And, um, and so we, I literally just created one last week. Uh, I think we're, yeah, we have like four followers right now, but <laughs> that will grow, I'm sure. But I'm gonna, uh, I'll yeah. follow you right when I get off of this thing, man. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way to find me. You know, if, if our, if our mastermind is, is something that, you know, is on your mind and heart, we have uh data Alliance. That's our flagship program. Then we also, mm -hmm. now we created uh, another program we've, we've had uh, now for years called that edge accelerator, which is for business owners. So we help men with their businesses. Um, we help men with their marriages and with the experiences with their kids. We have coaches for literally all three of those categories in that group. I'm one of them. I'm the marriage guy. And then we actually have a CAO, which is our chief accountability officer. And it's Jake Herbert. Uh, wow. He is a former Olympic uh, wrestling legend. Wow. Uh, all, you, all you have to do is Google him and you'll see why he's our chief accountability officer and one of our coaches. But yeah, that, that's the easiest way to follow me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how they can support you is through um, followership, being a part of your community, um, looking into your masterminds. Um, and if it's something that they're interested, uh, uh, fill out your application online. It's really, really simple, guys. Type in the dad edge 
onto your search engine. It'll take you right to the About Me page. Uh, it's really cool. You can learn more about Larry there and you can find the application. More importantly, man, the most important question of the show is how can I support you? Oh, man. Uh, you know, just, you know, here's, here's the best way you, you can. So here's a way you could support now, right? Which is um, if, if you learned anything from this podcast and obviously talking to you, Sean, or talking to anybody in the audience, I think what we forget a lot is that people watch us and people listen to us. And if we stand up and we lead, you know, so if you took anything from this particular podcast that you, that you learned, maybe it's a skill within resilience or patience, maybe it's just something as simple as I'm not going to check my phone for 60 minutes after I wake up, right. And get my thoughts in my head and my heart, right. Uh, maybe it's something, but it's, it's being able to just share one thing or, or share it by just simply exemplifying it. Right. Cause people are watching you. And then, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, we, we tell this guy, we tell these, the guys in our mastermind all the time. And if you come and do life with us, Sean, it's no different is that we, you're going to operate differently when you're in our community, right? You're going to operate differently with, within the workplace, within your own mentality, your own emotions, your marriage, with your kids, the whole nine yards. And what we tell men to do is operate and be very, very proud of how you're operating because there will be people coming up to you saying, man, what, do you, what have you been doing lately, man? You just seem different, right? And that's when we always tell guys like this, this is not just for our guys who come and do life with us. We're trying, we're the big picture here is we're trying to change the world. We're trying to change the, the, the mind and the heart of man, men to, to give them the resources they need to be successful. Because what we're really doing is it doesn't just stop at, at our generation of fathers, mm -hmm. you know, what we're doing, the actions that we're taking, like you have three kids, I have four boys. These boys are going to learn what it takes to be successful based on how we've operated in their life, or we're giving them a fighting chance. And so it doesn't just stop with us. A lot of guys are like, well, if I, if I, you know, do coaching or a mastermind or do this, do that, isn't that selfish? I'm like, man, it's actually one of the most unselfish things you can do because you're setting up success for your own marriage, your kids, your grandkids, even it's, it's way bigger. It doesn't just stop with us. So just knowing that other people are watching you and if you take anything from this podcast or any podcast that you listen to and you just make these small pivots, make sure that you share these pivots with other people so that we can all be better. Love it, man. Love it. Well, you heard it from the man, the dad edge himself, Larry Hagner. Guys, if you got anything out of this show, please share it with anybody you might think. Tag me on social media. Tag Larry on social media. I want this message to get out. I love you guys. Larry, if you could hang out for a bit, if you got yeah. a couple more minutes, I'd appreciate it. Uh, guys, we're out. Thank you so much for listening. You guys have a beautiful day.